of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We're going to get through this. going to take a little while. Uh, We're not in a good spot with the economy and won't be for a while. No, we got the latest report on prices, and it's brutal. Inflation's at another four-decade high. And again, not not a big surprise. If you've gone to the grocery store in the last month or two, you've noticed that uh, prices are not coming down, that maybe gas prices backed off a little bit, but they're on the rise again, and they will go up even quicker in the near future because of what OPEC Plus did. Um, Look, it's tough out there. It's not, not to mention the cost of diesel. Right. So you're talking about farmers, ranchers, uh, semi-drivers. The cost of everything goes up. Yeah, and that cost has to go somewhere. It has to be absorbed somewhere, and it winds up in the prices that you and I and everybody else pays when you go grocery shopping or you want whatever it is you may be doing to go and spend money for the things you need. Mm-hmm. You know what you could do? What's that? Buy an electric car. <laughs> well, that is true. That's you what we're told all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, All the extra money you've got. Whoops. So White House economists have been making the rounds trying to put lipstick on this pig of an economy. Uh, Jared Bernstein was one of them. Uh, It said, hey, things are going in the right direction, okay? I know they're tough right now, but just be patient. Okay. White House economist... Let's hear this and try to make sense of it. Nobody is denying your fundamental point, which is this is a real squeeze on family budgets. And I think the question is, are policymakers doing what they need to do? The president released oil from the Strategic Reserve. That contributed to almost a 100-day of gas declines. I mentioned our work on the supply side, the Inflation Reduction Act, lowering medical care costs, lowering prescription drug costs. Again? We're back to that again? That doesn't reduce inflation. Stop trying to sell that crap. It's insulting, man. That's angering. Golly. Lowering the cost right. of, of clean energy. So all of these are moving in the right direction. They take time to factor into these price indices. And we'd like to, ha- that, okay, we'd like we're to see that come happen a lot quicker. Okay, so people have been asking about when inflation is going to start coming back down for well over a year. How much longer do you want us to wait? How much longer do you expect us to wait? Because there are people who, for the first time in their lives, are going to food banks because they can't freaking afford to eat. (sighs) When's the reduction part kick in? Yeah, it doesn't. Because it was a scam. Of course it was. He's up there. We're doing everything we can. No, you're not. There are many things you could do, but you didn't do it. And you're still not doing it. And the best time to start is, like, now... The quickest way to lower prices, because we're going to be stuck with this for a while no matter what, the quickest way to lower prices 
is to just unleash American energy production. Yes. Period. Of course. I mean, to hear that guy, Bernstein, get up there and try to sell that crap. That is disgusting. I agree. Thank you, Sylvester. Okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, who, say, who else is talking? Brian Deese? Yeah, Brian Deese, another White House economist. Uh, so we got a little quid pro quo going on here because it's come out. Now it's been confirmed, actually, by John Kirby uh, working in the White House that the Biden administration was begging Saudi Arabia and their fellow nations in OPEC to not cut 2 million barrels of oil a day until their next meeting, which would have been after the midterm elections. That's Holy like, smokes! So, so I, I very clearly oh remember my gosh. that there was a time when we had a president of the United States who made a phone call and maybe said, hey, if you want something from us, maybe you help me out a little bit. And that president was impeached over it. I remember soaring rhetoric about it's a democracy if you can keep it. And no man is above the law. With Trump's call to Ukraine. But now you got a situation where this president was saying, hey, I don't, I know I can't prevent you from cutting the global oil supply. I know I can't prevent you. But would you wait until after the midterms? Because gas Good. prices have, are really going to, you know, crumble my crackers in the midterms if you, if you don't, if you do this. Boy, this is the second thing in a row, or two days in a row, because we also learned Biden, basically, can we avoid this rail strike till after the midterms? Yep. <laughs> Just kick that can on down the road so we could all get elected and stay in power. And then we'll this is terrible, that though. This, this guy of crap right. at that time. But if, if it's shown now, the American people not, might not elect us again. He was yeah. out there crowing day in and day out. 55th day, we've seen decline in gasoline prices. Mm-hmm. Then OPEC says, well, no, we're not going to do that. And then the prices are going back up. Now we learn that he tried to cut a deal. Yeah. Yep. So what does Brian Deese have to well, say Brian about Deese this? Brian Deese was confronted about this and said, hey, he was asked, can you tell us, did, did the president really do that? Okay. Brian, can you tell me whether you did ask the Saudis for a one-month delay to that decision? Are they telling the truth? Look, we clearly we clearly communicated our views to OPEC members that we thought it was short-sighted to, for them to take uh, the action that they were contemplating, and they announced. Brian, again, it's a really straight question. <laughs> Did you ask the Saudis to delay that decision for a month? Are they telling the truth or not? Okay, I have no idea what's about to come because I haven't heard this clip yet. I don't think you have no, either, I haven't. Scott. No, David got this just a little while ago. I'm waiting for some McGurkin, though. Not only McGurkin from Deese, <laughs> he has trouble getting a message out. And a lot of times when you got a lie, it really gets nasty. I'm anticipating. Let's see. Look, I'm not going to. I'm not going to to, to get on, on on air and disclose private conversations that but members it's not of our private. administration the have have shared it with us. With He's got the opportunity to say it's true or not. Is it true or not? What I will say. What I will say. <laughs> what I will say clearly is that the communications that we've had with OPEC members and continuing have been based on our assessment of the economic circumstances <laughs> of supply and demand in global oil markets. Guilty. <laughs> That's a master class of McGurkin right there. Holy smokes. It's early in the show for the trifecta, but I think Deese just delivered. Is it true or not? What I will say, what I will say, what I will say clearly. <laughs> what I will say, what I will say, what I will say clearly. If you had the over on what I will say at, at uh, two, you win. That's right.
I, I just got to say, man, I mean, we have a president who is willing to sacrifice American security for political expediency. He is using our national security and our economic might to benefit or try to benefit his political party, which is a danger to democracy. And I'm sorry, I'm uh, very emotional because no, I know, I know. My, my three-year-old daughter looked up at me and said, Daddy, is America going to survive? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. Because I don't know if we can keep this democracy. I, I held her close last night, and we wept in each other's arms. <laughs> But seriously, that's a freaking quid pro quo, man. (laughs) It is. It totally is. Yes. (laughs) Hey, if you want these weapons, you better delay the cutting of oil off the market until after the election. Right. Well, yeah, and just to uh, play off of what you're saying and the weeping about democracy being in trouble, uh, I think we're going to hear later today how democracy almost fell (laughs) (laughs) January 6th. It was a coup. Because that's the last hearing today. Supposed to be. Before that, the midterms. Is it today or tomorrow? I can't remember. I thought it was today. I don't know. I don't remember. I yeah, just, who so, cares? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the weeping that comes out of that mm-hmm. is somewhat entertaining. Well, somebody should get Kinsey on the phone about this deal. No kidding. I mean... I wonder what he would say. What I will say, what I will say, and what, what I will, I will say, say clearly. <laughs> what I will say, what I will say, what I will say clearly. By the way, um, speaking of the president, uh, his son was killed in Iraq? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But He just said it. That's what Joe Biden says. Yeah, he was in Colorado talking about the sacrifice that soldiers make, and this came out of his pie hole. Okay. <laughs> All right. We were talking about this yesterday in that all these people, decades, decades, have given their life for this country to see what's happening to it right now. It does. It makes you ticked off at the very least. And then on top of that, so he is trying to convey that sort of message of the sacrifices and then say this? Are you kidding? Just imagine. I mean it sincerely. I say this as a father of a man who won the Bronze Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. Imagine the courage, the daring, and the genuine sacrifice, genuine sacrifice they all made. Yeah. And, and Bo Biden died from cancer. Tragically. Yes. Um, he, didn't, he didn't lose his life in Iraq. Now, I've heard some people spinning it because he was in Iraq. He was, he, was a, uh, he was an attorney. He was a JAG officer. And so, uh, but he didn't see combat, and he wasn't killed, certainly. And Joe has said in the past that he thinks that maybe Bo Biden got brain cancer from those burn pits where they're, you know, burning all these uh, organic materials, uh, supplies, et cetera. Um, that have led to a lot of health problems, except Bo mm-hmm. Biden, I, I don't buy that because Bo had struggled with cancer years before and recovered, and then when he got back from Iraq, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Right. And either way, when you so say... you could say it might have helped trigger it again, but you really don't know. Right, you don't know, and either way, that's not losing your life in Iraq, and that's a freaking slap in the face yet again that this president gives 
to the families of people who did lose their children overseas in conflict. Totally agree with you. You're misleading people by that statement. And he knows that. I mean, he's not all there, but he knows that. Guarantee you. Okay. Wow, man. It's a lot going on. Buddy. You know, all of the LGBTQ stuff that's being pushed in elementary school, the trans stuff. Mm -hmm. And many times you'll see the left talking about all these Christians have all this problem with just science, biology. And a lot of times we said, listen, it's not the only religion. Do you ever think about the Muslim children? Uh, some Christian groups figured out, you know yeah. what we need to do? Pair together with some Muslim groups. Really interesting, yeah. I All agree. came together yeah. to fight this stuff. We'll uh, get to that story. And <laughs> an idiot Democrat said the Republicans will tank the economy. <laughs> Next. Yeah, yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so this has been a big story. Parents finding out what's being taught at school. They freaked out about it. They're showing up at school board meetings, and sometimes nothing gets done. Saw this story, Daily Wire. People from different faith backgrounds uniting in Dearborn, Michigan, to fight against a lot of this stuff going on in the public schools. And the Washington Post even reported on this. Um saying the sexually explicit content in the LGBTQ books in the schools um, began, as far as, you know, this get-together, um, the Christians turned and rallied the significant Muslim population in the area to join them. It is significant, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why, well, they're, they both think the same things. In, well, I mean, I think the Muslim is a little more extreme. I think you could say it's the same uh, form of belief, but as far as carrying out any sort of punishment, right? well, that's a completely different yeah, thing. But and, I think they and, all agree that this stuff shouldn't be taught in schools, right? Yes, yeah. along with a lot of people, honestly, of no faith. That aren't affiliated with any religion at all. Yeah. Like, it's it doesn't make any common sense. Common sense, yes. Because they're not subscribed to the woke religion. And so you had different local Islamic leaders pushing Muslims to attend a school board meeting held by Dearborn Public Schools. And so the mom there, Saeed Hassan Al-Kwazwini, said, okay, some of these books are completely inappropriate for our children to read. Yeah. He said, some of those books promote pornography. Some of them promote homosexuality. We don't need this. You can imagine yeah. the outrage if that was just a Christian pastor that had said Oh, that. yeah. Oh, well, well, in this case, it's the coexist bumper sticker you know, in real life. So, yeah. I mean, I think liberals ought to be thrilled. But some of them are not. Mm -hmm. uh, school board chairwoman said uh, the situation became so unruly, they have suspended the meeting until Thursday. So okay. You're... Why did it get out of control? Because they found out, the crowd found out, uh, public comments would be limited to three minutes. Whoa. What? What? Really? Is that normal? Oh, yeah. That's that's actually not out of bounds. I, I don't know about that particular uh, school district or school board meeting, but that 
yeah, usually it is around three to five minutes. If that's the case all the time, maybe they just learned it there. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know for sure. It sounds in the story like that was a change, but I don't know that for sure, to be mm-hmm. fair. But that's when people were upset. And apparently some of the protesters brought signs with them that said, keep your porno books to yourself. <laughs> if democracy matters, we're the majority and protect the children. The last one, by the way, written in five different languages. It is so crazy that we're having a conversation about whether or not pornographic material belongs in a school library or not. Well, not just that, but in the curriculum to be taught We're to arguing kids. about that. I mean, yes. what? what, what? There's an activist that was. This is what we're arguing about. (laughs) Hassan Aoun said the school district disrespected those who attended. So he started leading chants of vote them out. Vote them out. I I mean, clearly, there's at least one member of that school board who is threatened by Muslims. The Islamophobia is just out of control. See? And the Detroit Free Press claimed, quote, some of the posters and signs included homophobic and derogatory remarks toward gay people in English and Arabic, including Christian and Islamic references. Mm. So we'll see uh, what comes out of that. They had to postpone the meeting until Mm. later today. So there's that. Um, inflation numbers, as we talked about, not good. You have some specifics, David? Yeah, if you dig into it, and again, I mean, you know, you have the breaking news that, yeah, inflation is still at a 40-whatever-year high, yeah. and everybody knows that. If you if you do your own shopping and you're trying to do a monthly budget, you know that your budget is busted because of rising prices. But, I mean, you get a load of this. Like, for milk, year-over-year, year, 15.2% increase in the cost of milk. Mm-hmm. Gasoline, almost a hundred straight days of falling prices. Really, eighteen point two percent increase year over year from last September to this past September. Uh, vegetables, nine point two percent increase in the cost of that. Airline fares, forty two point nine percent increase. Jeez. Utility gas, hey, you know winter is coming. Thirty three point one percent increase in. Well, this gas. summer was insane. Yeah. It had doubled. I, dude. I, <laughs> it's everything. It, it, I mean, it's everything. I mean, like, when you're talking about specific groceries, yeah, as we talked about before, I don't do the grocery shopping, but I know what the end bill is because I'm doing a budget. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then you're trying to look, and it, everything is up. Yeah. You know? I, I think, like, a tub of whey protein has almost doubled. Wow. I mean, I got a kid going, we got to have gains, Dad. We got to have gains. <laughs> Muscles yeah. need protein. I bought a lot Golly. before the price went up of whey protein. If you need some, I've got like a... <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. All right. Who's going to tank the economy? Who? We'll get to that next. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, Millennial. Scott Robin, the Sexy Boomer. Okay, I've noticed before, and we've talked about it, sometimes you get to Thursday, there's a little frustration following the news cycle. 
and I feel that the millennial on the show is about to bubble well, over well, with the amount of BS that's being just thrown around. In a, I just want to throw this out here real quick. CNN has some analysis mm-hmm. uh, on inflation and the January 6th committee. <laughs> <laughs> the headline reads... The headline reads, voters may care more about the cost of French fries than January 6th panel's compelling evidence. You think? And listen to this. Okay, check it. Polls repeatedly show that voters see the economy a far more visceral issue in daily life than the threat to American democracy as their top concern. Their anxiety was explained by the latest inflation data. Grocery bills are just a pain right now. Not just a pain. People are actually having to go to food banks for help in greater numbers than they did when the government shut their businesses down and their places of work down. It's not just that, man. It's all of the different stats on credit card debt. People taking out more credit cards to pay their monthly bills. At some point in time, those have to be paid back. (laughs) All these different markers that we keep an eye on. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. This writer goes on to say, while it would be too simplistic to say voters are more preoccupied with the cost of French fries than the price of democratic freedoms, it wouldn't be far from the mark. Spoken like a true silver spoon son of a... Oh, you know yeah, what? Oh, yeah. yeah I agree. This guy has never yeah. strategically bounced checks at the grocery store to no. make sure that they could feed themselves or their family. This they guy cannot go ahead. They cannot understand why we are more concerned with buying groceries and feeding our families and paying our bills than January 6th. They can't wrap their head around it. It's either that or they know. They feel like this is the consuming issue that we should all throw away everything else and just this is all we focus on and all we talk about and all we think about because after all we almost lost our democracy that day. And they just feed into it. I get this crap all the time from people. I notice you don't talk about January 6th anymore. What do you want us to talk yeah, about? I, I, what, do you, what do you want me to say? You want me to ignore everything else and just focus on January 6th? That's not a coup. Good Lord, man. <laughs> well, lighten up, Lester. I mean, nobody cares about this. No, they stopped caring as much as legacy media wants to put it exactly. out there. Exactly. They, 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 the because, need... look, man, I've said it. We've all said it. And this goes back more than a year. When you look at all of the different issues, okay, when people say these are important, especially when you talk about the top six or seven, Democrats are upside down with everything. They kind of had their hat to hang on abortion, sort of. But there's not that many that care that deeply about it. No. Because they understand, okay, this isn't about a ban across the United States where it's not going to happen anywhere. It goes to the states. And then some states are saying 15 weeks. And they're trying to say, hands made tail, <laughs> women trying to choose, ah, and freaking out. And a lot of people just don't buy it. It's the same thing with January 6th. You can keep beating that dead horse over and over and over, and people see a bunch of mopes that went into the Capitol, and some got out of hand, and yes, they should be in trouble. For the people that just walked in, like meandered in, because the cops were holding the doors open for them, and they snapped a few selfies, you think they should be in solitary? If you do, you're out of your mind. I'm tired of being force-fed something. You should care about this. But it's not the day democracy almost fell. Get over yourself. Here's what what I care about. (laughs) All right? So 
Girl! <laughs> We're going to get through it. Honestly, man, we all have friends that, okay, how would I put it? Let's say vote Democrat. I wouldn't even say left because it's not even close to the far left. No. I have friends that vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. Okay. I honestly don't know any that really thought that was a coup. I don't. I know some people actually do believe that, but in my mind, they're hysterical. And then, you know, as far as the abortion thing, you know, some people think it's not right, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, Handmaid's Tale, they don't go that far. Well, and this no. is the stuff that matters. David's talking about it. Eight, eight percent, you know, I mean, and going down the list of everything that costs so much more. It's that. That's it's the, the impact crazy you stuff have over with everyone. We all suffer from that. In school. Yeah. It's just that yes. concerns people. Yeah. It's just quit trying to force feed me stuff that you think I should be concerned about and condemning me if I'm not. All right. So the clip we're going to get to is Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. And far what left, is she saying? Uh, far left Senator Elizabeth Warren has a new conspiracy theory that Republicans will tank the economy <laughs> if they take control of Congress because reasons. That's why. This was on MSNBC. The Republicans are loud and clear about this. They've already said, for example, that they will use the debt ceiling negotiations. So they want to be able to use these kind of levers to blow up our economy. And I just got to say, this is why we got four weeks. We've got to be all in in these close races. What she just said makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I should be surprised. Yeah. The debt ceiling. What? Well, I guess she's getting around to, like, funding Social Security and things like that. But, again, that that's not tanking the economy. That's a no, difference of opinions when it comes to massive government programs. Right. That's <laughs> nothing to do. No. You printed money and gave it away. Right. You caused inflation. You were all about it, Pocahontas. And, and yeah, Pocahontas also says the reason the economy is uh, already... I'm sorry, is already tanking isn't because of any Democrat policy. No, 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 no. It's because of, it's because of corporate greed, Putin, COVID, and the Fed raising interest rates. That's what's wrong. When it's prices everybody's. are up because giant corporations are price gouging, Still on that. then hiking interest rates doesn't help on that. They don't fix the problems we've got. But once again, it also goes back to the election. Hold on a second. So you're saying what the Fed has done is wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, she is saying. For sure. She yeah. is, absolutely, yeah. What are they supposed to do? Most people said the Fed acted way too late. Mm-hmm. Way too late. Well, we're going after the wrong people. We need to go after big corporations and price fix. Okay. That'll and that it. is Democrats actually have the pieces to bring down those prices. Joe Biden has already released oil from the oil reserve to try to help get down the price of gasoline. It's the same it's crap favorite. over and over. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, she's a punchline, man. That's just a joke. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you came across this montage earlier, Scott. Yeah, uh, this is uh, the RNC put this out. I think they put it out a while ago because it starts and it's, in it May come, of 21 and it goes through right, April, April of 22. 22. And it's, it's a conglomeration of all of the uh, Democrats telling us, including Biden and others, that this inflation is transitory. It just went down a smidge. It's no big deal. Nothing to worry about. 
And this is just sort of a recap on what they've been telling us for a long time now. Yeah, this is chronological. Yeah, in yep. order. I yeah. really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. Overwhelming <laughs> consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. <laughs> Transitory. And the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's un highly unlikely. That By the way, that wasn't true at the time. No. Warning signs all over the Nobody place. Nobody was saying that. Gosh. That's going to be long-term inflation that's uh -huh. going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about inflation. Over the last that's couple the of problem. months, uh, we actually saw it trended downward. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said in part, most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high-class problems. What is the Granholm? Golly, man. <laughs> oh, and the Granholm. Mm -hmm. well, Energy Secretary. Sure. Yeah. The thought of producing oil. Because if we would have done it when this was asked, we would be in so much better shape right now. Absolutely. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, the number one thing that the president can do is help get COVID under control. <laughs> Uh, that, we know, is the root cause of inflation. President Biden this afternoon saying he thinks we're at the peak of the crisis right now and that lower prices are on the way. The inflation has everything to do with the supply chain. Supply Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, re undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts. Ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. Oh, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. We'll get to this in the next 10 minutes. Even Jim Cramer is downtrodden right now. Oh, yeah. No. He's downtrodden. We'll mm -hmm. get to that. Before we get to that, talking all this stuff about the environment with Granholm there. <laughs> Oil production. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, Politico has a piece, David. Oh, yeah. You know who's a great environmentalist? Do you know, Scott? No. David has the answer. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin? Yes. The well, great environmentalist. Yeah. Well, That's as they write, fun. Politico Europe, they put together some stupid little list, the like top 28 like green heroes, and Vladimir Putin's number one. And here's, here's their justification. It took a war criminal to speed up Europe's green revolution. Vladimir Putin's brutal invasion of Ukraine has forced Europe to finally break its fossil fuel addiction. For this reason, he has topped our inaugural uh, Politico Green 28 list. They're, they're burning coal. Holy cow. And it, <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> like, if nothing else, this invasion has proven uh, that you need to find alternate sources, but not necessarily of renewables, because the renewables aren't up to it, aren't up to the task. If they were, we wouldn't care about whatever happened to the Nord Stream pipeline between Russia and Europe. We wouldn't care. We wouldn't have people in Poland burning trash to heat their homes. 
which is absolutely happening. We talked about it earlier this week. And, and in Germany, they're going back on the deforestation campaign because they need yep. wood. Yes. <laughs> China is using coal more than ever. I, I mean, what are you I talking just, about? I just can't. I, I know. I, how I do know, you, man. Well, how do you fight that? I mean, what you just. It's just so honestly, empty-headed and stupid. You just try to tell the truth. And you're just hoping that the more people tell other people what the truth is in this situation, that sooner or later, media has to turn around and start telling the truth sometimes. That would be a gain. If we get into nuclear war, then the uh, the, the heating will stop in our country. It'll go down two degrees. <laughs> I know one person upset with the Putin pick for environmentalist of the year or whatever. I know that. How dare you? Yeah. She didn't like it. Huh? Well, she's gotten millions from Putin, so she's That's probably true. fine. This is true. Well, she's been pandered to a lot. Yeah. Probably used to the accolades. Dang. Sure. Okay. Uh, Jim Cramer downtrodden about. <laughs> and how many people feel stressed the minute they wake up? This is an interesting stat. We'll get to straight ahead right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I know earlier we heard this White House economist saying, you know, basically as far as the economy goes, you know, just remember. It's all going to plan. Oh, it's yeah. good. Right, man. Okay. You just got to be a little patient, okay? No problem. But you know that's not true because even Jim Cramer, mad money guy, is downtrodden. Yeah, this is really funny. As we mentioned yesterday before today's inflation report came out, yesterday we saw the producer price index report that showed that, well, costs for producers went up 8.5%, which is worse than expected. It was bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so bad that even CNBC's Jim Cramer had to admit it. And, boy, he really sounds like, man, he found a big old turd in the punch bowl. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it was just plain bad. There's absolutely nothing to say about it other than it was bad. A lot of people are hoping this number is going to be good, maybe accepting that tomorrow is going to be bad. Uh, the only thing that's actually even remotely positive about it is, is that uh, there, there's nothing in it that's really shocking uh, to the upside. It's just kind of just as bad as it's been. Okay. Well, when the best thing is it's bad, like we expected. <laughs> Nothing shocking. That that sounds like me after an Astros game circa 2009. I mean, just like, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's... mm -hmm. It's On the upshot, it's not worse than it's ever been. And you knew it was going to be bad. Right. It just is. Yet, I I think at the very end of the whole thing, he's like, we were hoping it was going to be better, but it's just all bad. Yeah. Well, at least there's a form of honesty there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like poor guy. You can't polish that thing. You just yeah. can't. It is just, what it is. We just gotta rebound from it. I mean, I don't know what else you can say. When I hear him going off mic and sort of shaking his head like it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> I'm just in my mind. I'm picturing him just 
taking shots out of a flask in between <laughs> sentences. Just like, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. Trying to numb the pain somehow. <laughs> yeah. When I see this story, I brought it up. One in six people say they feel stressed the minute they wake up. I'm guessing Jim's one of them, at least right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, one in six. I suppose if we all think of people we know, we could guess someone that's on that list. But you're saying it's not you, Scott. I don't. I very rarely get wake up stressed. Sometimes I go to sleep stressed. David, it just depends on what's going on. Sometimes I will wake up stressed, but usually the doom and gloom and self-loathing doesn't kick in until about, I don't know, 7 o'clock. Yeah, me right. too. I'm with you on that one. Okay. That's when David and I go to meetings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, when, that's when I'm passing a flask back and forth between Jim Cramer and me. Right, right. As soon as you see the headlines <laughs> for the day bad. that we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's we got bad. coming up tomorrow. Oh, God, it's bad. <laughs> bad. Not good. <laughs> well, I think it all depends, too the lifestyle you have right now so david well you have a zoo at your house Mm -hmm. you know with the animals and then you got two little kids yeah so any kid could wake up i mean there might be something in a diaper you don't Mm -hmm. know what you're waking up to every day and then it might be okay someone's thrown up you know it could be a cat that threw up It, it could be someone's got you know the runs. <laughs> you would be stressed. It's just bad. It's just, there's nothing good here. Oh, <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, turn that frown upside down. Sure, it's record inflation. All right. But that means we must have a historic recovery going on. Yeah, yeah. isn't this something? This is a neat little trick that they're trying to pull now. Uh, So we got the latest report on prices. It's brutal. Inflation is at another four-decade high. The numbers aren't surprising to anyone who's gone to the grocery store. We know this. Yeah, you don't need the, the data geeks at the Bureau of Labor Statistics tell you that, yeah, prices are out of control. White House economist Brian Deese was on CNN this morning and said, well, things are, when you take the macro view, things are going in the right direction, my friend. Not anybody I trust. <laughs> Say it's going to get worse. Yeah. Well, and into 2023. Oh, like yeah. Like everybody says that. Yes. Yeah. Because of a number of different markers. What so is this Brian joke? Deese is the only one who really knows the real deal. Okay, if we look at Brian Deese over the last 12 months of yeah. what he said, yeah. this guy is really good at being wrong. Wrong! Well, look, the most striking feature of the American economy right now is the resilience of the American economy. We have a historic labor market recovery going on right now, one of the lowest unemployment rates uh, in modern history. 700,000 manufacturing jobs created, and businesses are investing all around this country in places I'm in Cleveland today, uh, across Ohio, across the industrial Midwest, because they believe in the long-term potential of the economy. And Americans, American families are the beneficiaries of that strong labor market recovery. 
At the same time, no. prices are too high. But the message the president is delivering is that you have a president administration that's waking up every day trying to address that problem head on. And we are. No, no, he's not. He's not doing the things that he could to make it better. And we know that. I don't even know why. Making progress. We are making progress on energy prices. We are making progress. We just have to. Uh, we just have to stay uh, at it. And so uh, the you know we we have policies that are going to make a difference. Uh, we have policies that have already made a difference. We just have to stay the course. What are they? Yeah. What's already made a difference? Explain it to me like I'm five. Exactly what policy has been put into place that is making a difference? They talk about, like, Medicaid, Social Security, all that stuff. Okay, but that does not affect a majority of Americans. So what exactly, for looking at the broad view of the American population, what is actually working? Yes. They can't no, answer that's that that's great. I mean, that, that, but that's, that is the question, yeah. Well, you know, I would like it a lot more that if a lot of these legacy media outlets just had some sort of rule of we're going to question you on things, we're just not going to allow a White House economist to come on and blow a bunch of crap without some questions coming back from an intelligent human being. And I would say, you know what, if there is a Republican in charge, and let's say for the sake of argument, it's Fox, and they're on with, say, Brett Baer in the afternoon, and Brett Baer is trying to get them pinned down on something, okay, and asking tough questions, and it feels a little uncomfortable. We should all say that's good. That's a good thing. Not all of a sudden, oh, they're hammering our guy. <laughs> no, we want the freaking truth. To, dude, I don't trust any of these people, either side. It's just the ones on the left are freaking loons. But we've all been hosed over time from a bunch of these people that have been in charge for a long time. June bug up there. Oh, when the American economy, American people, family, blah, 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 blah. And policy after policy that screws the American people up. Yours, too. All right. Ran over. Good one. No, it, you know, no, these people I mean, you're, come on you're 100% and they just, right. No, I get it. I, where else do you get to go in front of people and lie your ass off like that? Yeah. And have them nod their head. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good point. All right. Stay with that propaganda machine. Good job. Way to deliver that message. Okay. Meanwhile, we're getting a message from New York, people that work there. Holy smokes, what are we going to do about all the migrants? Hey, too bad. How many bads? Two. Too bad. Well, there are some people that didn't ask for it that didn't have to deal with... You voted for it. I, that's true. Too bad. Good point. Yep. Good point. You voted for this nonsense. Now eat it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, even in New York, you'll have 25 30% vote. You know, not liberal. I don't know if I'd even say conservative mm-hmm. in New York, but but close to it. But I mean, you ran the election that way. Sanctuary City, we welcome everyone. I understand. Yeah. We don't turn our backs on anyone. Not in this city. Not this big city with shoulders, big shoulders, tough people. Well, in a lot of places, man, you got the influx of people, and that also means students. Oh, yeah. And in a number of districts, teachers are like, holy cow, we don't. We don't have enough people that speak Spanish on this staff. That's what are right. we going to do? Yeah. Well, now now that school is underway in New York, that's what's happening. Teachers and school officials are upset. There, there are about five. Uh, sorry, fifty five hundred 
migrant children being stuffed into classrooms. Many of them don't speak English. Many of them don't know how to read and write, but they're being put into grade levels based on age, not about academic ability. So so if you're a teacher, you're just trying to do your job. What what do you do? Do you just ignore that kid? Well, probably not. You you want to try to make sure that, that that kid's getting the best education that you can possibly offer. But that is also coming at the expense of other children right? who should benefit from, as citizens, from yes. the system that is put in place. Right. Um, now you've got District 2 Community Ed Council member Daniela Egorov on Fox and Friends this morning talking about it. Okay. Our schools were not prepared. We don't have bilingual teachers. Children are being asked to translate for other children. Our schools are doing the best that they can, but uh, the problems from, you know, from the federal government, from city and state are being kind of dumped in our schools. Yeah. And uh, it's not our responsibility for to do immigration uh, policy. And it's just the schools were already struggling, right? Yeah. In New York City, we closed schools for a long time. We masked the little ones. We have the violence yeah. in the city yeah. is really impacting the schools. You know, and as I'm thinking about, yeah, you need help and someone that can translate what's going on. Yeah. You know, if not, you might as well have Robins in there that would continue to talk louder. <laughs> no, two plus two. No, no, long, no. Two long plus two. division. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that poor teacher goes off. It's not feasible. Our teachers are doing the best they can, but you cannot teach uh, five grade levels in one class. And really, they end up teaching to the, the average student. And then kids who are really behind or really advanced end up not being served. Teach oh, gosh. So easily avoidable, all of this. Of course. Easily avoidable. But with the left, it's not for the best of the country. It's your agenda. And this is just part of it. And, yeah, I feel bad for those teachers. I do. Because I think of all the different friends I've had over time, you're in some sort of position at a company and someone gets hired and it might be a diversity hire. It might be a relative of one of the bosses. Okay. And they're not very good at the job, but yet the person in charge is the one that has to hear it from the brass. Well, you got to make them better. I can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, right. They don't have the skills. Well, just work with them a little bit. They, <laughs> mm -hmm. I've heard story after story. You can't work with this person. They, you don't understand. They don't have the intelligence level to do this job. Well, you got to make it work. Oh, my gosh. It's brutal, man. Okay. You know what? The story we covered yesterday, and of course, Legacy Media is not going to talk about it. The whole whipping incident at the border. Yeah. That was well, terrible when that happened. So, yeah, <laughs> last year, you know, the, the Blue Anon crowd on, on Twitter took a photo and thought it looked like a Border Patrol agent on horseback was whipping Haitian migrants. And, of course, you know, the, even the person who took the photo said, I didn't see anybody getting whipped. No one even had whips. And, no, those were split reins. And, no, even still, nobody was being whipped with those reins on the horse. And yet, you know, the Biden administration was still just full steam ahead. We're going to go after these people. The Border Patrol agents are still under investigation, not criminally now. They've been cleared of any criminal wrongdoing, 
but there's they're trying to figure out what if any punishment professionally needs to be handed down to these people well then because of a freedom of information act request uh i think it was the heritage foundation maybe that got it initially it was i mean they try to get information forever and with this administration the only way you're going to get anything is freedom of information act that's it so they got emails that show that somebody at homeland security uh sent the news report that said the the photographer in this case says Mm -hmm. i never saw anybody whipping anybody so the secretary of homeland security alejandro mayorkas was well aware that this was a hoax being pushed by liberals on Twitter and then liberals on cable news. And he still went out and said he was horrified by the weaponization of horses. He still went along with the lie. Two and a half hours after he got the email, he went out in front of all of us, the American people, and said this. We were indeed horrified by the images. That does not reflect our policies, our training Uh, nor our values. And it is for that reason uh, that we commenced immediately a fulsome and swift investigation to determine what exactly occurred and why. Those officers depicted in the images are no longer performing their law enforcement duties during the pendency of the investigation. You're supposed to protect these people. They're doing their jobs and you hung them out to dry for some sort of political gain and to stoke up racism in America, to divide people. That guy should have been impeached long ago. Should certainly happen today. No, it's not going to happen. He deserves it. That's what we talk about all the time. Nobody loses their job with these people. Honestly, man, I don't know how you look yourself in the mirror. Right. What about those guys? Oh, there's lawsuits. I mean, absolutely there's going to be. There should be. Yeah. And then, you know, we have news outlets all across the country. There's a shortage when it comes to law enforcement. Yeah. Everywhere you go, they're looking for police. Uh, Really? How how many of them gleefully reported it, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is awful what they're doing there. Right. Goodness gracious. And And then you hear Biden talk about, you know, his son killed in Iraq, misleading people how his son died, which yeah. is a sad story, but that's so Joe. Yeah, because he lies all the time, and, and he did it again yesterday in Colorado, talking about the sacrifices that many soldiers uh, take. Yes, and the, the whole reason he is there, okay, is to talk about sacrifices. Yes. All right, and, and a lot of people did in Iraq. But you're making people believe, oh, I didn't know Joe's son died in Iraq until he actually says it in that term. And the pushback on this, even before I play it, David, is that, well, he thought that that he actually got cancer in Iraq. Right. Yeah, because of exposure to burn pits and uh, probably not. But, you know, he, he you know, Biden has suggested that in the past, but that's not what he says or that's not what he said yesterday. What he said yesterday was, basically, my son was killed in Iraq. Just imagine, I mean it sincerely, I say this as a father of a man who won the Broad Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. Imagine the courage, the daring, and the genuine sacrifice, genuine sacrifice they all made. Lost his life in Iraq. Who takes that away as, oh, well, well, yeah, he got cancer there. 
Which you could never prove anyway. He had cancer before he went. Yeah. I, I do Dude, and, and I'm sorry, I'm going to put this one on the old hat of, can you imagine if that were a different president? Say, oh, I don't know. Orange man bad. <laughs> Said that about his son. Holy mackerel. Stealing valor. What a joke these people are. Okay. It's Thursday. Yeah. It's the angry show. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have a laugh here in a second. Um, somebody fainted while on air. That's always a laugher, isn't it? We'll get to that much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. I feel like we're reversing roles today. Robbins is... The one least angry, it seems. I'm a little more tempered today. David, you just got angry again. I could see it. What happened? Yeah, I did. Man, okay. So, I see this piece in the uh, Washington Post that's supposed to be from an expert or something. (laughs) Uh, It says, Biden's rescue plan made inflation worse, but the economy better. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Government cash boosted demand when economy was struggling to produce, experts say. (laughs) So (laughs) they're desperate, man. Close to the midterms, very desperate. Dude, okay, look, okay, so the American, sorry, I've got like 16 thoughts, and some of them uh, include a litany of swear words at this idiot. Um, Okay. So, yes, inflation would have been a problem, as we've seen all around the world, without mm-hmm. the American Rescue Plan. That's, that's a fact. Would we have seen what we are seeing right now in America had the American Rescue Plan, $2 trillion of unearned money, been pumped out? If that had not passed, would we be seeing it at this level? No. Would we be seeing it at this level if Joe Biden would just stop with this green weenie nonsense and unleash American energy? No, we wouldn't. Period. Bad stewardship has led to this. Yep. And, you know, before people start chiming in on, man, inflation's bad in Europe, too. Yeah, because they, they did the same stupid thing that Joe Biden right. did. They printed a bunch of money and said, poof, here you go. That's how it works. I know, because the elites are all together all <laughs> around the world. But, I mean, as, as this article goes on and on, it's like, well, but you got to understand that uh, the, the, we had problems because of the pandemic and all of this. Okay, but but states were slowly but surely opening back up. Yeah. Yes. And it would have come back on its own. The best thing Joe Biden could have done is nothing. Nothing. All right. For a little levity. And it wasn't levity for this person. This was in Australia. There's a radio host. A couple of them together. Oh, it was a two-man wacky show? No, it, oh. uh, one lady. Oh. Um, she has a fear of spiders. Oh. Erin Milan. And they were trying to help her get over her fear of spiders to have a tarantula crawl up her arm. So uh, they had a listener in that did it, and then she tried to do it. This is the audio. The most important thing is that you feel safe and that you feel comfortable. Oh, no, hang on. All right, hang on. We need to go to a break. Go to a break. We need to go to a break. Boom. We'll come back. She's going to be all right. She fainted right on the spot. That was it. Wow, effective bit. (laughs) Yes, it was. This is the Mark Levain Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day is what, David? It's inflation. 
We know it's out of control. We're going to have a spider crawl up Robin's arm? Uh, (laughs) Well, there's there's one on his hat right now, actually. And I'll eat it. (laughs) Well, that one's little. It's just a little one. Yeah. How did that even get there? Are you joking right now? There's no... I'm not looking. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not even. I'm not going to bother. It is infl- inflation. Yes, yeah. I can see a little web, little dangling of spider web there. Mm-hmm. Going it's out because he ceiling. got a San Diego Padres hat out. He hadn't had it out in years. Ah, My dad is wagoner. Yeah. <laughs> All right, news update straight ahead, right here. Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what are we about to hear now? Oh, man. The new oh, lefty boy. talking point is that it's Republicans who are going to tank the economy, <laughs> even as the economy is literally Tanks. tanking under Democrat rule. We see that yeah. again in today's uh, report that shows inflation again is out of control. Prices are going up, and there is no sign that they will slow down. We've seen Wall Street taking a beating over the last several weeks. Gas prices are going back up. It's bad out there. And the Biden administration just seems to think that the the best response is to just print more money and, what, pay for more windmills and solar panels? Okay. Yeah, give China some more money. Yeah, MSNBC's Chris Hayes, that weird little dude on uh, MSNBC, uh, had his little rant last night and it almost seemed like to me maybe there was a problem with the teleprompter but it seemed like even he was struggling to explain some of this okay this will be fun to listen to the midterms only 27 days away republicans appear to think they have the advantage on the economy big part of that is just that the the party that's out of power uh because the party that is out of power doesn't have the White House, will typically run against the status quo. Oh, Mount well, St. Robbins here. Dude, I mean, what are you talking about? This isn't running against the status quo. This is ruining our economy. <laughs> Dopey. Well, it's this is some. Too. This is like any other midterm race. You know, the party in control. No. No, it's not. No, the voting public no, it's trusts not. Republicans more with the economy and inflation. Yeah. And right now, a big part of the status quo is inflation. People don't like it. <laughs> but if the economy is the number one issue to voters, then there is one party that will have an incentive to make it better. And that party is the one that has the presidency, the Democrats. The other side, the Republicans have an explicit incentive to make the economy worse. And I will tell you, having covered the Tea Party Congress of 2011 amidst the recovery from the financial crisis, I feel confident in predicting that if Republicans win control of one or both houses of Congress, they will do everything in their power to sabotage the economy. The massive spending bills are a good part of the reason why we're here. Mm -hmm. Did anyone try to stop that? Unbelievable. Who was it? I don't want to give Republicans too much credit for anything. Oh, my gosh. Now, I, I would like for oh. him to show his work on how it's even possible. Let's just say for the sake of argument, right, 
things go poorly for the Republican Party and they don't win the Senate, but they do win the House. How exactly would they be in a position of power to tank the economy when really there is one guy who could really rescue the economy by unleashing American energy, and that's Joe Biden. He could do that unilaterally. He doesn't need Congress. No, I mean, it's a freaking echo chamber, man. (laughs) That's so full of baloney. The only people that I suppose believe that are the people that would tune in to watch that guy. I do think it's really funny, though, that over the last few months, as Rachel Maddow has taken, you know, a step back from MSNBC to work on some other things, he is actually starting to look more and more like Rachel Maddow. It's really funny. (laughs) Except I will say this, and I'm not a fan of Rachel Maddow. She is leaps and bounds brighter than he is. You know, my limited viewing, I would agree with that. I mean, it's... (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know. What I don't that's agree saying. with what her, but I would have gave though? her more credit until yeah. the whole Russian hoax yeah. balloon <laughs> absolutely blew up in her face, like on live TV. <laughs> that was an all timer. But outside of that, yes, I I think you're absolutely right. Um, wow. You know, sometimes you ever wonder, and especially because David, you've got little kids. Yeah. You know, I got one left in high school, one in college, one out of college. Well, sort of. Um, you think about, you know, kids going through elementary, middle, and then high school. And, you know, what are we leaving for the kids? Because we're seeing right now what the pandemic has done to kids. There was another report that babies have deficits in social communication. Oh, yeah. Um, scores are, you know, down all over as far as academics. And then just the culture itself. Like, it's a freaking sewer in so many different ways. And I see this story, Elizabeth Moss. She's the big star of The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And she is saying that, you know, well, our current society is like Handmaid's Tale. Did you see that story? And I know they've got the big season coming up, so she's going to be out there, you know, doing the promo for that and talking about, you know, we're actually seeing some of this right now. Women's rights, it's depressing in 2022. And I'm thinking to myself, are you just talking about Roe versus Wade? Or are yeah. you talking about other things? It all comes down to that? I don't know. And she's somebody who's part of the Scientology cult. And, I mean, you want to talk about Handmaid's Tale. I mean, the stories that have come out of that of essentially kidnapping women and using them as incubators. The, yep. Yeah, you don't really have a whole lot of um, you don't have a whole lot of moral high ground there, Liz. But, you know. The liberal mags love doing interviews like that. And see, she says it. Women have it so bad right now. And you're looking at all these markers where women have made so many gains, you know, decade after decade after decade. And I love it when I hear, you know, ladies that host shows like Megyn Kelly talk about this is nonsense. Look at how much better we've done over time. Plus the fact that we've been sold a lie in a lot of different ways. And one of those ways is the sexual revolution. And I happened to be listening to an interview the other day, switching gears. It was Andrew Clavin talking to this British journalist, Louise Perry, who had just put a book out called The Case Against the Sexual Revolution, A New Guide to Sex in the 21st Century. So they're having this conversation. And I couldn't believe part of what I was hearing. 
You're bracing yourself right now. I am. Well, I don't know. I've never heard this. Well, I'll I'll set it up this way. Louise is talking about happiness levels just as far as women. Okay. And this, this goes along with just relationships really in general and life. Women's happiness levels have been cycling downwards for some time. So I think the problem with the sexual revolution is that the what it was ideologically was was really just an effort to tear down everything that had gone before to completely obliterate the old sexual culture so talking about you know families mm-hmm. you know it's not too promiscuous you know you find someone you get married you have a family and so you know the whole sexual revolution was you know given that a big thumbs down and you need to have freedom and everything else but in her opinion women have been led astray because you can tell the happiness levels continue to go down because right. they're actually not getting what they want, according to her. She goes on a little bit about that. And I think that trying to pretend as if all you need to do is just inject freedom into the into the sexual culture. I think we tried that experiment at 60 years on, and I think it's proved to be an abject failure, to be honest. And so I'm curious as I keep listening to this, and I hear Clavin bring up that he had been told about almost the expectation for a couple, like the first time they may hook up, that there's going to be choking involved. And I'm like, oh, whoa, what? Yeah. And this will get laid out, but I could not help but think about the whole case with Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer right with the choking of this woman and whether she asked to be choked it was one of the craziest things he got you know suspended from baseball but there were no criminal charges and then later there was a video released that she had sent to her friend while she was in bed with Trevor Bauer like she didn't look like a victim I'll put it that way not saying right we don't she was or wasn't but it didn't appear to be so but when he asked that question, I'm like, what? That is really a thing? And this is what Louise Perry, the author of the book, said. As you say, choking, which has gone from being a very bizarre practice. I mean, I, I, I told my grandmother that this was now considered flavor of the month among, among Gen Z millennials. She was appalled. That was completely unheard of in her era, right? Whereas now it is supposedly considered to be a completely mainstream practice that you will expect to have done to you during on a first date without even any kind of request for consent. It's it's amazing the extent to which this has been mainstreamed. I think it is because of porn. It's because you now have this generation of young people who've grown up with porn beamed into their smartphones. I'm 30, so I'm just a little bit too old to be of that generation where... Well, and just for a second, all I could think about after I heard this was, you know what, we should bring this onto the show... For no other reason than if you have a daughter, son, whatever, these are those uncomfortable conversations that you may want to have. Hey, yeah. you know, I heard this crazy thing these these jamokes were talking about. Uh, that's not normal. That's not something you should ever, like, put up with. And her saying it's mainstream. Well, and it's an expectation. And, you oh know, she'll gosh. lay it out. Well, that that if you say anything you're uncomfortable, well, then you're not going to get called back. Then you, you'll be shunned. Dude, that's brutal. You had these devices, personal devices, when you were adolescents. But the younger generation, they did. And it's interesting, actually, that the, some of the most vehement anti-porn sentiment is coming from that age group precisely because they have 
they have learned very much the hard way exactly how damaging porn can be on the on the young on the young developing mind and that's why i ask holy smokes man what kind of world are we leaving for kids ace there's one little last clip i'm so i'm coming i'm i'm having a difficult time wrapping my head around this one but go ahead yes remember before we started this and i said yeah. hey i know you guys are going to get uncomfortable but don't totally shut down or this bit's going to fail yeah <laughs> i look at both of you're like deer in the headlights oh i know man but this is freaking just, nuts dude or slapping your partner or calling your partner disgusting names this is presented as being just part of the sexual script this is what sex is and so you have young people who have never even kissed someone else mm. watching hundreds or maybe thousands of adults having this aggressive loveless sexual scene played out and i think it's no surprise that we're seeing this offline as well and who is out there right now pushing oh freedom yeah is that weird yeah, it's really funny, though, that right now there's a certain mindset that says all of these things or then, you know, drag queen story hour, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. You need to just let people do what they want to do. But if you're going to Walmart, you better wear a mask and, and get an endless number of boosters because it takes all of us. Your freedom doesn't matter in that case. Right. Well, it's like the ticket to being miserable is what the left offers. Honestly. Again, man, all this freedom was supposed to make people happy. Oh, yeah, just so everybody's so tight about this stuff. And in the end, people are just not as satisfied with it. That is well, crazy to me. I learned something today. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's pretty wild, huh? Again, that is uh, Louise Perry, um, and the book is called The Case Against the Sexual Revolution, A New Guide to Sex in the 21st Century. Like a, it's like wrestling rules. <laughs> Choking and slapping. So it's like what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey man, people get kinky, whatever. Like, first date, and... and you've never kissed somebody before, and you're thinking, mm-hmm. okay, this might be, you know, part of it. That's nuts, honey. All remember right. that first time you choked me? <laughs> oh, gee whiz! Got a card for that Hallmark? <laughs> got got the folding so. chair. <laughs> yeah. No mm. kidding, right. <laughs> On a lighter story, there's a 13 year old kid in Houston. Your uh, old stomping grounds, David. Mm-hmm. This is Jonathan Serrano. Apparently, this kid was supposed to be packing for a camping trip. He was just annoying his mom like a lot of kids will do. And he was playing with this pet dog toy, you know, one of those that squeaks. Oh, gosh. And so he had it in his mouth, making it squeak. And anyway, she tried to grab it. He ducked away and accidentally swallowed it. That little squeaker thing. Yes. And he's fine, and there's not much audio of it, except when they got to the ER, and even the people in the ER were laughing. <laughs> because I don't think you can hear this and not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and the more he laughs, the more it squeaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw this. Unbelievable. Of course you did. Yes. Holy cow, man. I'm just glad that right. wasn't something he found on the internet. Yeah, no kidding. Don't wow. even make the joke. Don't even do it. I was going to, I'm laying out of this. Don't even do it. Uh, gun buyback story uh, has a punchline. That much more coming up right here.
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so we've got uh, some changes with the gun buyback rules in New York. Dude. Okay, so Scott brought this up uh, last week, I think, um, where <laughs> the state of New York had a gun buyback event. Uh, I think it was in Utica. And this dude from West Virginia shows up with a whole lot of 3D printed like lower receivers for ARs and like gun fr- basically what what the ATF says is a firearm but right. it, it doesn't look like a gun they're gun parts okay but though they are regulated or they are supposedly viewed as actual firearms and so he had done some haggling with New York officials he says well these don't count and he says well no these are firearms as determined by the federal government and he winds, winds up walking away with $21,000 in gift cards for just <laughs> basically yeah. useless pieces of plastic. That's right. And uh, so the New York Attorney General now is saying, well, we are going to have to change the rules of the state gun buyback program because this person exploited the system. <laughs> and I think that's just <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yeah. Now the seller... Says, yeah, I traveled from West Virginia to a gun buyback in Utica, New York, to take advantage of a loophole in the program and to demonstrate that buybacks are futile in an era of printable weapons. And so now the rules are uh, no 3D guns unless they can be fired more than once. But that being said, this dude crossed state lines to go from West Virginia to New York to sell these things. If he had been busted with those, the feds would have been up his keister. That dude would go to prison. For gun running, and especially because they are these evil ghost guns. Even though they were basically useless hunks of plastic, maybe you'd be able to shoot it once if you assembled it all together. Right. So right now, I think the the state of New York has just undercut Joe Biden's justification for beefing up the ATF's crackdown on ghost guns. <laughs> because they're either this, firearms this, or they're not. Right. And usually, if you're caught with a firearm in New York anyway, you're right. out the next day. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Because of criminal justice reform. We just we can't do that anymore. Well, it's the Otis, uh, Otis Campbell theory in New York. They lock you up for a few hours and then let you back out again. Are you going with an Andrew Griffith show reference Except right the Otis now? Campbell theory would be they'd hand you your gun they took from you on your way out. <laughs> and yes... David is holding back right now. I am. You're showing great restraint for a millennial, I'll tell you that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, we've got some numbers this week. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. No, it's not. And I know media reacts because that's, I guess, part of their gig. Mm-hmm. You get these numbers, and you're like, oh, the inflation numbers are bad. Yeah, and, and we all knew this. And, yes, we have more evidence that, yes, it is bad up 0.4% month to month. 
um, and year over year, it's like eight point something. I mean, it's crazy. Things are expensive. We all know this. But the White House. (laughs) The frustrating thing is, you know, you go back in time when you're talking about inflation. And, you know, earlier we had that montage, and I think it was put together by the RNC, that goes back to May of 2021 talking about inflation. And there were other people at the time saying they're absolutely wrong what they're saying. This is not transitory. This is what happens when you print money and flood the market. You get inflation. Well, it's not really inflation. No, I I really don't think it's going to be here and then it's gone. Yeah. And it's almost mind-boggling now to see these same outlets saying, you know, the possibility of recession. You're right. Possibility. Right. What are you talking about? Well, Joe said we aren't in one yet, or maybe not ever. Well, they changed the rules. Yeah. They just changed the meaning of words. Now Mm -hmm. it's 16 consecutive down quarters. Yeah, right. Used to be two. It doesn't count as a recession if you defeat Donald Trump. There you go. (laughs) Okay. That's, I don't know if you knew that. That was that was. I remember reading that in Econ 101 back in college and thinking, sure. like, "Oh wow, I yeah. didn't know Donald Trump would be president. That seems unlikely." But man, oh man, <laughs> I want to hear just a part of that again. Not the whole thing. It, it goes for a while, but you I know. really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary, or transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm thinking about okay, whether you've ever worked in sales or you've helped manage a company and say it's going south and you're making predictions, you're trying to make moves that are gonna help the company do better. You don't go this long and keep your job. Right. You are fired, man. That's the way the world works. Well the consensus is gonna pop up a little bit and then go back down. Fire. No one's talking about this great, great deal. You know, yes, they were will uh, settle down. Transitory. Transitory. <laughs> and the data shows no. that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation. That's not highly unlikely. And you can drive yourself be crazy. Long-term inflation is going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about inflation. That's part of the problem. Or you can't remember what they said. Either way... And now, to me, the gaslighting continues because we're being told what things are going in the right direction. The plan is working. You just have to let it let it simmer for a little while. Jared Bernstein, a Biden administration economist, said uh, on Fox News today that things are going in the right direction. We just need to be patient. That's right. Nobody is denying your fundamental point, which is this is a real squeeze on family budgets. And I think the question is, are policymakers doing what they need to do? The president released oil from the Strategic Reserve. That contributed to almost a 100-day of gas declines. I mentioned our work on the supply side, the Inflation Reduction Act, lowering medical care costs, lowering prescription uh, drug costs. <laughs> that just numbs my brain. I know, man. Every single freaking time. Yeah. Lowering the cost right. of, uh, of clean yeah. energy. So all of these are moving in the right direction. They take time to factor into these price indices, and we'd like to have that. We'd okay, like to see that happen a lot quicker. Cost. Yeah, uh, Coach Van Camp, uh, your your team is zero and six. Uh, do you think you have time? You, you think you can actually make the playoffs this year? Well, see, you got to understand, we got to the red zone a few times uh, in the last game, more than we had in the previous five games. Uh, so you just got to let the plan work, okay? Right. 
So the only thing I can think of is the old Philadelphia 76ers. It's part of the process. It's tanking on purpose for years. It'd be different if we got a really sharp draft choice back, though. But we're not. We don't. We're just setting ourselves up to tank. Okay. So, yeah, that's one of the things going on today. By the way, I have three prescription drugs that I take. Yeah. I have not seen any noticeable drop-off on my prescription drug charges. Just wondering. you got to give it time, Scott. Yeah. I hear about this all the time, though, and I just am curious. It's crazy. When you're talking about the prescription drug prices. I know. I've mentioned this before. You get a major pharmacy. Okay. Walgreens. Yeah. TVS. Whatever. Okay. There'll be one price. You'll go to a regional grocery store that has a pharmacy. Same drug, completely different price. Right? And you've heard that before. hmm Okay. You guys already know this story because I shared it with you off air. Okay, for a couple of scripts right? that I have. Okay, there was a hang-up with insurance. Really? <laughs> You're on the phone with them practically every day. I wonder how many times a year. Oh, gosh. It anyway, it's it's. I won't bore you with all the details, only to tell you this. So when I get the email that, uh, hey, there's been a problem. It's been delayed because of an insurance issue. Now, you can go get it, but it's out of pocket, okay? Mm-hmm. So if that's, you know, let's say it's an ADHD med or a sleep medication. Um, now, at the regional grocery store that has a pharmacy, yeah, I have bought it out of pocket before because of a problem with insurance, right? Mm-hmm. It's 25 bucks. You know what it was at Walgreens? No. $229.99. Holy moly. The other one, I think, was somewhere in the neighborhood of $20. And there, the price, $381.99. Did they throw in a no. two liter of Fago? <laughs> <laughs> no. Golly, man. But that's that's crazy. Gosh, dang. Yeah, that is crazy. You I know, but... Did, yes. but yeah. With insurance, see that it goes back down to like you know ten right. bucks. Right to you, yes. You know, and I mean, dude, that's like gangster stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. People see this all the time. You don't hear you know any of this talked about. Regular everyday people will talk about things like this. But as far as uh, prescription drug price, blah, 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 blah. It it's, it's because you have, you know, big pharma, big insurance. Everybody is lobbying all these people in Congress. It's like this fight that goes on. But who continues to make gobs of money? The same people. Yeah. Right. Over and over and over. I don't know if you saw this today. Not a big surprise. Airline ticket prices set to soar ahead of holiday season. That from the Hill. Well, yeah, you combine a pilot shortage with increasing fuel costs, canceled mm-hmm. flights, etc. I mean, the, it's going to be a premium to get your butt on an airplane. But you remember the transportation secretary, Boot Edge Edge. Mm-hmm. He was going to have a stern talking to with these people. Yeah, well, they the were, airlines. Well, they were talking about forcing airlines to give refunds if a flight was delayed or something like that. And it's like, are you insane? Do you realize how much they're going to jack up the cost of a ticket? 
to try to hedge their bets like that? I mean, what every idea know, is bad. Well, yeah. And you know part of that is just to get out in front of people yeah. so they can say, see, we're trying to work against everybody right. evil that's against you, and we're doing everything for the working people, the hardworking families. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, another story real quick. And they got a piece of audio we got to get to. Federal officials trade stock in companies. Their agencies oversee. Yeah. And you could say, yeah, I probably know about that. Yeah. That sounds about right. There is one, two, three, four, five, six reporters for the Wall Street Journal that put this together. I printed this story out. It's like a little book. I see that. Wow. Now, for me to try to explain everything that's in here, mm-hmm. it would be a long, tedious, boring process for us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on the podcast. I don't even think we could do that. To no, people. I don't either. No. Um, but just be aware of this story, I think, should get covered, at least some places. Oh. I hope. I mean, you want to know why you've had officials like Jennifer Granholm out there talking about go buy an electric car. It's because they're tied up in this stuff. They financially benefit from it. Yes. And it is deep and in-depth. Well, the one line describing the story, hidden records show thousands of senior executive branch employees own shares of companies whose fates were directly affected by their employers' actions. That's what the investigation yeah. finds, and it names people. Yes, we're, we're dealing with so much corruption on so many levels. It's going to take a long time to get through it all, to be honest, if we ever do. A piece of audio you have, David. Yeah. Um, what's this about? I, I love this. This is a breath of fresh air. Oh. I, I prom- This is like one of those things you're going to hear this, and you're going to feel better about society in general. So it's a football story, but there's a bigger narrative at play here. Todd Bowles, that's the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. He's black. Mm -hmm. His team is going to be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. The coach there is also black. Tomlin. Yeah. So, of course, media wants to make this all about race. Oh, the rare black coaches in the NFL. Oh, how significant is this? And they want to ask him about it. Uh, Well, there's a Super Bowl with that years ago. It was Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy. Right. So... Oh, my gosh, it's two black guys coaching football teams and playing against one another. Stop the presses. This is huge. Uh, Todd Bowles was asked about this, and this is an incredible answer. All right. Roll it. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, We don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well, and I don't think it's a big deal. As far as us being coaching against each other, I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when you know, Oh, my God. Yeah, they're Are going for it. They're going for it, man. Yep. That, that answer is unacceptable. Yep. yep. He answered it. But no, no you're nah, going you back. Got, no, you should do. Okay. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is the best I've heard all week. Yeah. Man, was she trying, too. Yep. She went oh. at it twice. Wow. Good for him. Good for him. Great the answer, by the way. liberal chick. <laughs> 
turned away. She was waiting for the soundbite. She needed oh. that moment, right? Yeah. That was great. And the way he put it back to her, oh. the minute you quit doing it. I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. Yes. Mm. Well said, Todd Bowles. I like yeah. that guy. I, I don't really even know like, much about him, but now I really like him. I mean, I do too. in an era where it is, it would be so easy for somebody to, to win some sort of fame mm-hmm. by pretending to be a victim. Yeah. He says, no, we're, we're coaches. We play ball. And, and it is, it is, you take a step back, it is so creepy how obsessed media is with race. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Gotcha. All the time. And usually, as it's been pointed out many times, it's white liberals to keep pushing the narrative over and over. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. certainly is. Okay, there's a story of this kid in middle school. Okay, masturbating in front of the class. Someone says, well, it's normal. What? I'm not joking. What? We'll get to that and much more coming up. Whoa. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Every once in a while you'll hear somebody say, you got to get your kids out of public school. A lot of times it depends on what public school you're talking about. Yeah. But when you see what's going on across the country, understand where the sentiment comes from, for sure. Latest in a line of stories, this out of California, Caneo Valley Unified School District. Um... They were not happy with parents bringing up an issue at a school board meeting. This was a month ago, and this happened a few months ago. Um, I'll just tell you what happened. Uh, and you're going to hear a mom by the name of Carrie Burgett, or Burgert, um, mother of one of the uh, girls that saw what was going on. And it was a seventh grade boy that was doing, well, that in class. Masturbating. What? Yes, listen. On May 17th, my seventh grade daughter, along with every other classmate, watched a boy in her class masturbate. I only saw, I only know this because my daughter told me in the car when I picked her up, saying her friends said they were disturbed, traumatized, and scared. The principal reported the incident to the district office. I've heard not from any one of them. And then she goes on uh, with part of that Holy story. Cow! Wow! Yes. So that's crazy, right? Um, and you've heard different people say, you know, these kooks on the left are trying to normalize so many things. Yeah. I think you could say the superintendent here, Mark McLaughlin, might fit into that category. The reason I say that is here's part of the response that he had. I would say that at least once a year, this comes up for both males and females um, within a school setting. And so I don't think that this is anything outside the norm. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> not normal. And they're like, you got that on camera because okay. they're. Yeah. I know it's been a while since I've been in that situation, but. You mean like in a classroom? In a classroom with seventh graders. I mean, I know it's been a while, but I don't recall this ever happening. Uh, did, well. did that happen in the back of your classroom when you were in seventh grade? Hell yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, that's not an actual, no. That's not an actual no. soundbite from Jamie's class. No, it was no, no. That's from something about Mary. Of course it didn't. No, it did. It. it I. I remember a, a case booted. like that. You get booted for it. I remember a case like that in my middle school, but I, I went to school with Jeffrey Tubin, though, so that explains oh. a lot. Yeah. I thought he was older than you. He is. <laughs> Dude. I just decided to. I saw the joke and decided to take a whack at it. Oh boy! See, there. See, I knew it. That's why we can't talk about such yeah. things. Yeah, I knew it. And then, you know, you ask the question: What does it take to get booted out of school? Well, exa- I don't. I don't know. Wow. It's okay. Well, this and this you, type of thing happens. To where? When? I know you got stuff like this going on. You got you know people worried about a nuclear war. We have the economy in the dumper, and Congress is worried about January sixth mm-hmm. today. Gosh, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. <laughs> Biggest story of the day, David. January 6th. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No one cares. No, no, it's, um, no one cares. it's the economy. It's the confirmation that the economy is in the toilet and circling the drain. Uh, meanwhile, you also have uh, reports of a couple of missile launches from North Korea, uh, and they are very upset with the South Koreans for doing, quote-unquote, pro- uh, provocative military drills near the border. So you got the chubby little nut job in North Korea throwing rockets around the Korean Peninsula again. My gosh. And it's National No Bra Day. Hopefully Kim Jong-un didn't see that. (laughs) All right, I know we got to get to Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. Hang low. (laughs) (laughs) Hang low, wobble to and fro, kind of not in a bow. Yeah, it's all coming up next. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. The Sexy Boomer has his trifecta coming up in just a few minutes. Yep. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, Joe Biden, I guess, is in Los Angeles talking about the bipartisan infrastructure deal. God, here we go. In the campaign trail. Uh, and he gives a shout out to Karen Bass, current Democrat representative, but who is running to be the next mayor of Los Angeles. And, uh, well, he he delivered a message about her qualifications in a way that only Joe Biden can. And to anyone who says that he might have lost a step or two, well, what? I, who I, said that? I dare you to have that take and listen to this clip. Karen, you're the best. You're the best. Look, folks, um, you know, uh, one of the things about a real leader is place they're trying to lead matters a lot of how much they love the place they live. She loves this city, and she's always working with the people of her district. And I know this is, you and Ted are about a block, you know, separated by a street, but you're always working to expand opportunity and a better future for all our children and our families. There you go. Dude. Oh, boy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you know, man. <laughs> What is going on? I want to put this on a motivational poster, though. The place they're trying to lead matters a lot of how much they love the place they live. She loves this city. There you go. Loves the place they land? What was the land or lead? Yeah. Was he 
trying to land what there? The place they're trying to lead matters a lot of how much they love the place they land. She loves this city. Okay. Love the place they land. Uh, love this land. God bless the USA. <laughs> this land is my land. Um, hmm. I don't know, man. We could spend all day trying to figure that one out. Share the land. Land shark. Don't know, man. Before we get to the trifecta, Rachel Bovard had a piece, Federalist. I just happened to think of it when I listened to that Biden audio, because you listen to this day after day, and we know we've talked about it before. After a while, you see other people just sort of normalize it. Well, that's just Joe. Or you hear Jake Tapper help him out with a thought while he's supposed to be interviewing him. And pick up his notes when he drops them on the floor. Yeah, it's perfect. Right. You know, it's just something you become used to. But the piece reminded us that I was reading, like, all this has happened within the last week. Talk about insanity in the United States. And here's just a quick list. The FBI arrested a pro-life activist for two felonies for defending his son from a foul-mouthed harasser of an abortion facility escort. They've indicted 11 more pro-life activists. Vice President Kamala Harris said the Biden administration would give hurricane relief resources based not on need but racial and gender equity. The proudly woke Pentagon just announced the U.S. Army's first openly trans officer turns out to have been a Russian spy. PayPal, the world's biggest non-bank lender, announced they would find user accounts $2,500 if a user violated their policy on misinformation. Mm. California passed a law stripping parental rights of moms and dads who won't let doctors mutilate their kids for gender-affirming surgery. And as it says, this hasn't been in the last few months or last years. This is the last few days. That's how crazy it is. And you wonder, what is next? Okay. Where's the tile? No kidding. All right. Are you ready for your trifecta? Because I think you're going to pile on with a lot of this stuff. Well, yeah. Okay. We can go now. Yeah. Are you sure? I don't want to. Man, no, 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 wanna... no. That's fine. I just I'm got to prime it you up. You come with these ready. stories, and I'm just I'm processing them in my brain again, and now I'm off kilter. But I'm back now. Okay. Okay. Good. Are you ready? One, two, three. you It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins, it's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories today, the trifecta, and always helped by who's hero? I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy. Okay, everybody's ready to roll. I'm ready. Of course, you always are. Three. Uh, Number three, ACT scores. These are what are used uh, by many colleges to determine uh, uh, admissions for prospective students, graduating high school seniors. Uh, who would be going into their freshman year at any university. It's the second most important determining factor in college admissions, just behind the color of your skin uh, these mm-hmm. days. Uh, and they're down. They're, yeah, they are. The class of 2022's average ACT composite score is 19.8. That's out of 36. First time since 91, the average was below 20. What's more, an increasing number of high school students failed to meet any of the subject area benchmarks set by ACT, mm. showing a decline in preparedness for college-level coursework. The test scores have just been wow. made public. 
42% of ACT-tested graduates in the class of 2022 met none of the benchmarks in English, reading, science, and math, which are indicators of how well students are expected to perform in corresponding college courses. Well, even keeping track of this and keeping grades is racist. Well, of course it is. (laughs) Right. Well, the answer has been, you know, well, just give teachers unions more money and uh, lower all the standards. Yes. And Uh, still pass people through even though they're failing. Now, here's the the flying ointment here. The declines spanned all races and income levels. Mm Mm-hmm were worse for the lowest-performing students, while top performers in the 90th percentile showed a drop in math. Students in the bottom 10th percentile dropped by 12 points in math four times the impact. Well, depending on where you live, you lost either months or years of school. That's right. And, and of course, you can look at that and say, well, that's because we shut them down. Yeah. Well, it's just as good to teach online. We're finding our educators are. <laughs> Remember that nonsense? Yes. Yeah. Sure our do. educators applaud. They, they feel that classes are much more manageable and meaningful than they were before. Well, I suppose if I'm part of the administration, I could give some good news on that. What's that? Getting closer to equity. There you go. Everybody's sucking. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins, <laughs> trifecta, top three stories of the day. Two. Uh, number two, John Fetterman, the guy who is uh, the Democrat running for Senate out of Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz. He had a major stroke back in May. The campaign lied about it, and now they're finally having to answer some questions about it from the unlikeliest source, which would be NBC News. Yeah. Just saying, hey, you know, th- he kind of had to have the talk-to-text feature yes. because he can't process words right no. now. But, yeah, he'll make a fine senator, apparently. And everybody was afraid to say anything and be critical at first because, yeah. well, you're mocking, you know, someone who has a disability. Yeah. However, all that being said, this guy's running for Senate. Yeah. Okay, he wants to be a senator, and he's having auditory difficulties. So this was his latest tweet. Dr. Oz is both perfectly healthy and extremely wealthy. Must be nice. Most, Pen- most Pennsylvanians aren't. Who do you think's going to fight for him? Okay, this is so, an interesting strategy, isn't it? So the closing argument is, what, I, I, I'm I, fat like you? Dr. Oz is perfectly healthy, and he should not be your next U.S. senator from Pennsylvania. Yeah. The guy that's not healthy should be. Because, because his point is... He if, understands, yeah. If you're Vote for me because I have brain healthy, damage. Yeah. Uh, you won't fight for other people. That's the... But I will <laughs> because I am... Unhealthy right. and not wealthy. Yeah. Both know, parents are. Right. I, I know he takes care of himself and he's literally a doctor, but I haven't seen the inside of a gym in 10 years and haven't seen a vegetable in 20. So I know what you're going through. Yes. Right. Okay. Betterman also said in the Senate, I'll fight for the millions of Americans who, like me, aren't perfectly healthy. All Dr. Oz has ever done is exploit him. Okay, one quick thing where he says <laughs> some, sort of, this is. some sort of, what do you say, auditory issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, it's one thing if you can't quite hear someone. He needs it typed out so he can understand it. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, we've gone from there's nothing wrong to me with there's something wrong with me. Yeah. 
And now, if you point it out, how dare you point yeah. it out? <laughs> I mean, he can't remember where he is sometimes. He can't remember the teams that he's talking about. If you remember that when he was, you know, trying to impress Philly fans. And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. <laughs> what? The remarkable thing to me is that, so NBC News, the reporter who did that interview with him is Dasha Burns. And what she just said was, we agreed to have the talk to text thing for him Mm -hmm. uh, because we wanted to have the interview. We agreed to do that. We wanted to be accommodating. But she did say when we were just chit-chatting before the interview, it was a struggle. And that that's perfectly fine. What's amazing to me is that even some of her own colleagues are going after her uh, yeah. for pointing that out. Yes. And all the media is circling the wagons around John Fetterman for the fact that this reporter actually reported what she experienced. How are you supposed to explain the thing sitting in front of him I, without mentioning it, right. why it's there? You need I mean, to do that. And, that what, and, what? and voters deserve to know. Yes. Yes, that was her whole point. Yeah. Now, uh, this is a different network, but uh, I don't know if you want to hear what the cows on The View had to say about it. Oh, of course I do. It's the trifecta. Scott gets to choose. Of course I do. Okay. Well, here's a sampling. I'm not quite pissed off enough yet. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a sampling of it here. I actually thought it was inappropriate that she said during small talk uh, before our interview. Maybe she's bad at small talk. Maybe it was her. Maybe it's her. (laughs) I I just feel that, you know, I don't know if it was an off-the-record conversation, if the entire interview was off-the-record, but I know, Sarah, you've interviewed people. We interview people, and we have small talk before. That is generally not something that you mention during (laughs) when you're being interviewed by an anchor. The other thing that that I had a problem with when she's describing all of this, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but I love closed caption. I watch all of my series closed caption because I can't sometimes understand the accents that people are using and I don't understand things. And it's very helpful in terms of processing. And I don't have a cognitive disorder. And so that's the second thing. And, And the last thing I'll say... I don't think she's like a neurosurgeon or a neurologist, but my friend Sanjay Gupta is, and Sanjay Gupta said the following. Sanjay... Yeah, so Sanjay Gupta, the the guy who tried to read an x-ray of Chris Cuomo's lungs to talk about how he could literally see COVID in his lungs, and then radiologists were like, dude, you are full of it. You don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. That's your expert, your expert witness. Okay. That's unbelievable. It's her fault. They are sitting around. It's the per- So it's her fault. You should never mention that. And if you would just ask him the right questions, then it would go okay. Like, who sang Hotel California? Then Eagles. Right. There. What's your next question? <laughs> I mean, I don't even believe we're having this conversation sometime. And now the guy's saying, well, hey. Who did Joe Walsh join after the James game? Who? Eagles! Yes, again. See, he's with it. <laughs> what band did Bernie Leiden first leave? Eagles! Yes. Right. Thank you. Who plays the Cowboys this Sunday night? Eagles! See, that guy Sharp, he could be a senator. Sharp as a tack. Absolutely. I'm doing just, Sunday night football soon. We're not allowed to essay, right? What a joke. It oh, is, my gosh. Okay. Let's check now, out the Fetterman, on with the Fetterman yes. file before the game starts. <laughs> John, what are your thoughts? Scott Robbins trifecta. Yes. Top three stories of the day, and we still have one. Yeah. Number one, that animal rights activist, speaking of football, who stormed the game the other yep. week. Yep. yep. He had the flares going, and he got well, knocked around a little bit. Bobby Wagner went yeah. out and got him and brought him down. And now he's suing. 
Now he's suing, uh, saying he got a uh, he got a concussion. That he has burns on his knees. I'm not well, making this up. Well, that's your fault. You're the yeah, one who brought and, and, the flame in. And he right. and he found a lawyer that is going to back his play. And this guy's saying, I'm going to sue Wagner for direct action to end the potential threat to himself and others on the field. Should have let a police officer handle it. No. no. Take it to court, jackass. You, you, go ahead. Find a jury that's going to listen to you and go, yeah, you got a point there. No. They're always talking about different player incentives. You yep. get some kook that runs on the field, an extra fifty grand to lay that person yeah. out. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And you know what? It might keep the next knucklehead from doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you gets... know you're going to get lit up. Yes, right. You want to go out there? Yeah, absolutely. And there you have it. Do you know right, who his lawyer is, by the way? No. Who? It's Jeffrey Tubin. Because he's <laughs> he's very, Jeffrey Tubin is very against tackle football. He just he likes touch. I knew you weren't going to say flag. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just. Okay. Gosh dang. Thank you for the trifecta, Scott. John Fetterman's fine. Well, he's not fine. No. But he's like a lot of other Americans. They're not fine either. I know. Okay. All right. News update. Nimrod's in the news. And who's five-point favorite Sunday night? Eagles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I, I I don't know if this is a threat or if it's just meant to try to scare people, but here's Joe Biden today talking about inflation. But not a single penny. No, I mean it, not a single penny. If Republican wins, inflation is going to get worse. It's that simple. That sounded like he was more just threatening the country. By the way, if you don't vote Democrat, I am going to take this thing all the way off the cliff. Okay? Every time he says I mean it, that's a tell, too. He's going to lie. Well, you already know one thing. Um, If you don't vote Democratic, you're not black. You know that. I already knew that. Yeah. So anybody else that wants, you know, inflation to keep going up, just vote the other way. Mm -hmm. Shut up. It's insulting, old man. That must be the line, because I've heard that twice now today. All right, let's get to Nimrods. I guess we're... When the going gets tough... Damn it, this is too hard! The dumb get dumber. All right. (coughs) It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News, they say this one could have come out of Forensic Files. 67-year-old guy, Vernon Wilson tried to get into a guy's house in Burlington, North Carolina this past week. He had a gun. They struggled at the front door. He fired at least one shot, but it only grazed the guy who managed to slam the door and lock it. Vernon took off, but police were able to track him down thanks to some evidence he left behind. They found a glove and his severed finger still inside it. Oh, no. See, it turned out the homeowner had slammed the door on his hand, and that's when he lost the finger. Oh, man. So they are able to then ID Vernon, who, by the way, has a record already in the system, facing a lot of charges. What happened to the finger? Yeah. Going to be used Married. to point at him at, in, at trial. <laughs> That's Nimrod's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>